Titles, go. Say hi to Tate. <laughs> that kind of show. Pool full of amplifiers. Move that wrist around. The Rick Roll. You're full? Night shift gas station attendant. Just five quotes. Souvenir for my belly. <laughs> All right, guys, let's do this. Warning. What you are about to hear contains explicit language, adult themes, and potentially disturbing content. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone else, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. This podcast is intended for an immature audience and should not be listened to by anyone, anywhere, ever, in the history of the world. You know, fuck it. You've been warned. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Geek Pod. I'm your host, Paul. I'm Hugh. And I'm Kev. And that's... Nope. Nope. Corbs still isn't here a month later. Aww. Who's Corbs? Corbs? Corbs is getting some culture tonight, apparently. Oh, yeah? Yeah. He uh, he told us he, he's, he's taking the boy to see Hamilton mm-hmm. at the landmark. So Wait, that was a picture of his son he sent us? Yeah wait i didn't look at it closely enough now i have to look at this so we can talk about it on mic perfect and while we're doing that guys what's got you geeked well you know what i've got a couple things going on and i can't look up the the picture and talk about it at the same time so we'll have to circle back to that or forget about it Uh, a few things going on first of all um my wife's promotion officially went through um and exactly as it was explained to her so it's it's done Okay. Uh, confirmed hasn't been announced yet officially but um she found out because our boss has kind of been busy last week he uh uh was volunteering at south by southwest this week <laughs> he's at an off-site so uh she she discovered when she could no longer log in and out because she didn't have that button and so she reached out to someone and said hey is this because of uh you know i'm i'm you know promoted now or is there something wrong so they finally got that confirmed so as you can imagine i told i told you guys off mic about that right yes yeah so i mean that's that's going to be a huge big change for us um a few other things going on we have a new fan uh old buddy no no a new fan who listens to the show Uh, a very very old friend of mine uh who i used to play uh in a band with tate morton uh, reached out to me this week uh, via Facebook Messenger and just kind of said that, you know, he had uh, been, uh, you know, he wanted to say hi because he's driving for, I think he said FedEx now. He's been listening to our podcast while he's driving. And, you know, he was just, I just wanted to say hi, you know, and it, made, it was very nostalgic and everything. It was great to connect again. Uh, but I just wanted to say thank you for listening, Tate. Uh, hopefully we don't embarrass you if one of your customers hears our podcast going on while you're dropping a package off. And finally, uh, Hi, we're getting, a, we're getting a snake. We're getting a snake. We're going Is to that a euphemism. Out. No, no, oh. it's not a euphemism. A, a snake named Tate. No, no. They're, they're I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like you, you're obligated to name the snake after him now. Just... Um, I, I would rather do that, but we had an entire conversation all the way out to dinner tonight and back 
about how she wants to name the snake. Guess, guess what she wants to name the snake, a- Avery. Gollum. Snake. Pizza. Really, guys, you're, you're that out of touch. I'm a snake. What is every kid listening to over and fucking over again right now? Bruno. Yes. Baby Shark. She wants to name it Bruno, and I'm trying to Bruno. talk her out of it. I'm trying to – yeah, well, it's, it's from the movie Encanto. And here's the thing. What? I mean, I'm ignoring all the constant fucking barrage of YouTube videos with, you know, all these variations of we don't talk about Bruno. Tonight, I actually said, why is it we don't talk about Bruno? Is he the family gay or something? I mean, I'm not sure how progressive Columbia is about these things, or did he caught, get caught touching little kids? What's the deal here? Uh, and she proceeded to try to explain it to me and said something about like seeing the future and living in walls and seven foot rats or seven foot men. And ra- I don't fucking know. And I just blanked it all out and said, I'm bored now and walked away. She got really pissed at me about that. By the way, I'm like, I'm bored. Turn around and walk away. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited that we're getting a snake. I'm not so excited. We're calling it Bruno, uh, but some interesting stuff going on. Nice. I, I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to call your snake Tate. I'm sorry. Um, I guess like I'm thinking it's a non-issue because I don't think he's going to be coming to your house to actually have recourse with the snake. Not letting him get anywhere near my snake after what he said he was going to do to Teddy. So I'm sorry. I I I don't trust you now. It's the mustache. Smart man. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I almost bought you a gift, Kevin. I, I was in a collectible oh, shop. Was it a restraining order? Because I think he needs one. <laughs> I was in a collectible shop. How about a restraining? Saw... It's going to be that kind of show. Looks like it. <clears throat> uh, I was in a collectible shop and I was <laughs> I was perusing uh, their their case of um, rare Funko Pops, and in oh. that case, there was one of Thomas Magnum. And I, I almost did it, but it was like sixty bucks. And oh my god! Yeah. So that, that Kevin, was, I'm looking at the picture now. What's wrong with Corb's son? Tell us. I think it was the extremely long hair. No, it was a boy. I think it looks fine. But but I'm Corbs, kind of partial to long hair. <clears throat> Corb's did tell us that it was his plan to grow his hair out until he graduates high school, and then he was. Doing the locks of love thing or whatever they call it. So oh, good. good. And I think Corbs is no, living like vicariously. That's, That's okay. They should be used to it. And I think Corbs I is living vicariously through him since you know Corbs can't do that same thing. And Hugh's gone. He's oh, you, out. You know I have to get up and take care of these damn cats all the Say time. Tate for me. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> You know, he's going to love the fact that he's probably going to get brought up every single show now. Yep. <laughs> um, Kev, what's got you geeked? Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, we uh, we decided over the winter, um, actually, that was fall, I think it was. We found out that um, Can-Am was coming out with a new a new Riker. Well, Riker is the reverse three-wheeler. It's got two wheels in the front, one in the back. The, the bigger model is called the Spider. Um, the new Riker, my wife has a Riker. She has a 2020. She had one, uh, 2020 model. Um, loved it. Put, you know, five, 6,000 miles on it and, uh, just had a great time with it. Took it to Maine last year and everything had a great time. Um, found out the new model, uh, has cruise control. 
um, and a few other things, better suspension, more ground clearance, some just some some really nice stuff on it. And uh, cruise control is the one thing that she was missing out on on these on this long long rides that we take. You know, sometimes you end up on a road that's you know kind of straight and yeah. yeah, you know, and and the way the Riker is for anybody that doesn't know what it is, and I'm sure it's a lot of people. Um, it's it's kind of like a snowmobile for the road. Um, two wheels in the front, one in the back, but it's got a snowmobile clutch, a CVT, a continually variable transmission. So all that basically is is a belt that goes between these two clutch sheaves and the, and the clutches change diameter based on engine speed and wheel speed. What that means is you end up having to hold the throttle open in one position to go a set speed, which is different than a motorcycle where you're shifting and you're constantly moving that throttle you know, you're, you're giving it gas, you're letting the gas off and you're shifting and, and you give it more gas. So you're, so you're moving your hand more. So it's a little bit uh, more uncomfortable on a long ride. So with the cruise control, it makes that a lot, lot nicer. I would have never said anything nice about cruise control had I not had it on two of the motorcycles that I have now. Just having it and not even using it for a long period of time, but just being able to turn it on and just being able to just move my right hand you know do a little flexing you know move it around just yeah exactly just uh you know get a little bit of motion in there is huge on a long ride i mean you're free on a bike all day um you know just being able to move that wrist around is, is a really good thing so the new model has that it has a few other really really nice things so i went and uh, put money down on one for her um and uh she was going to do it anyway i believe uh, she gave me some shit for it, for, for putting the money down on it, but it doesn't matter. She, we, we picked it up here, oh, last week, or maybe was it this week? No, last week. It was the end of last week. Oh, it wasn't Monday. It was Monday. Monday of this week. God, it was two days ago. Holy shit. Um, but we sold her old one uh, two weeks ago and uh, went really quick. They only had it listed for about a week. Um, there aren't many of them available, I guess, used. So that was that was really nice. So I guess that's what's got me geeked is uh, she's awful happy to to have her new machine and be ready to go riding and and all mine are out and ready to go and and we're just chomping at the bit for some warm weather to get out and uh, and uh, do some riding. Same guy who literally two weeks ago was talking about wanting snow so he could ride. Yeah, one or the other. If it ain't gonna snow, it better get warm. That's all I'm saying. I'm all about it getting warm. That way I can yeah. start screening movies in the backyard again. All right, I'm you looking know, forward to that. If we're not going to have a shit ton of snow in the winter, I could care less about the cold. I, I, I like it cooler, you know, really, or I'll take it cooler over warmer any day of the week. Um, but this bitter cold ice and just stupid weather, uh, just, it, it ain't worth it without the snow. I'm not a fan of the cold or the snow, so. Yeah. You thin skin pussies. Anyway, go ahead. I wish we could use that as a title. <laughs> anyway uh so what's got me geeked is um we have our first confirmed geek pod live event coming up uh spoke with a good friend of ours recently and uh, locked in that we will be appearing at syracuse PowerCon june 5th at the uh holiday inn and electronics parkway in liverpool um i can't say everyone's going to be there some of us will be making an appearance and we're, we're looking to roll out um a new concept for us for 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 these live events um i don't know how much more i want to say until we lock down all the details 
but I, I think the the phrase that's being thrown around for right now is geek pod gaming or gaming with geeks. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. It'll yeah, a lot of fun. But we got a lot of stuff to work out before we can make it happen. I'm not gonna say I'm I'm not saying nothing. <laughs> I'm staying out of it. I think I think if people want to see what it's all about, they should come to the con. They should enjoy the con and they should stop by at our booth and we, they should see what we're doing and they should come with an open mind and an idea that they're planning on hanging out for a little while. I like it. And it gives us something to do other than just sitting there and staring at each other all day. Exactly. So don't, and we'll have I mean, beer. Don't, don't we usually just have someone else watch the table and walk around wander off. Yeah. That'll still happen, but we'll, we'll have, um, other equipment to capture that. I, I'm thinking I'm bringing all the uh, the video equipment so we can mm-hmm. actually do an episode, like, of us experiencing the con. It'll be an ART episode, is what it'll be. An ART? What's that? The abnormal response team. Oh, okay. So, I mean, we'll still release it through here anyway, but it'll also go on that playlist. Um, but that's what got me geeked. I, I'm happy to be back into what's normal for us. Uh, this used to be a regular thing. We used to get out, hang out at the shows locally, have a good time, usually have some shitty podcasts come out of it because the sound quality sucks when you try to do a live show. Um, we're not doing that anymore. We're not going to bring the board and try and set up in there. We, we learned our lesson. It's too loud. I'm hoping bring the video camera and with the boom mic and all that, that's much better for us. And I mean, let's face it. I mean, the the video has kind of become our bread and butter. So we're going to try and do everything with a video slant to it now. Awesome. So, um, and plus, you know, I got that video camera a year ago and we probably ought to use it for something. <laughs> I, I, th- I actually think that maybe I will, uh, I, I might pick up a second one because I think we're going to need a second one. Uh, but I want to see what the quality is on this one first before mm-hmm. I do anything. Uh, so that I know whether or not that's going to work. Right. Cause it'd be nice see to if have, we have the to, same one. Yeah. And see if we have to migrate, move parallel, whatever that's called. I don't know. Um, Upgrade what? Never mind. Moving on. Um, what are you guys playing? Well, I am still playing WWE 2K22 when I can because I have to take Ella to these classes she's taking that are going to teach her how to work. Um, you know, Monday through Wednesday. You have a look on your face. Okay, Paul. It's those classes when when the job coaches and the people in her school are like, you know what? Ella's smart. She graduated. We're not entirely sure she can go out into the real world and not die. So we need to give her classes to teach her how to do things. And hopefully when she comes out of it, she'll be able to, you know, go into the workforce and all that, um, which is fine. So, I'm, but I'm, that also means it's severely cutting into my game time. Uh, but I am still playing a little bit and I have finished my character. Of course, you know, like with all WWE games, you have to create your character like two or three times to be able to use it in all the modes. I don't know why they just don't let you copy it. It's stupid. And the character creation suite is a little dumb as well because you, know, you start the uh, career mode, the, the My Rise, and uh, you create your character. But I get in there and it's like giving me a choice of five finishing moves. I'm like, what the fuck? Like you're super, super limited. After you create your character and start the, you know, the, um, the cut scenes and everything, you get to a point where you can then go in and then tweak it and you can change the move sets and everything. But it's have not getting to that before I got to that point, I was about hopping mad and about to like return the game. Cause I'm like, this is stupid. 
I couldn't, I couldn't customize any of the stuff that you normally can. So when you get there, Paul, uh, when you get the game, yeah, it, it will let you fix that stuff later on. It's just dumb. But here's the kicker, okay? Here's the thing. I have two problems with my entrance. I mean, I'm coming out to Happy Song by uh, Bring Me to Horizon, which is awesome. I, I, I got the right moves and the right look, Geek Pod logo on my leather jacket and my shirt and even a tattoo. It, it's awesome. I even have Geek Pod in the, my entrance video that plays on the Titan nice. Trot. It's got the Geek Pod logo. Um, two things. For, for some reason, in the word hardcore, the C is lowercase, and I can't figure out why. I've gone through everything I entered. Nothing's wrong. Nothing's in lowercase. It's just weird. But whatever. Hey, maybe it's stylistic. Here's the other thing. Guess where I got to choose choose uh, the city I'm from? Because it'll say your city. It's like, you know, you know, hailing from blank New York, Hugh Allen. Because uh, my name's in the game. I can choose Hugh and Allen. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's straight up me with my face plastered on. I took a picture and imported it into the game. It's fucking cool. Uh, but guess what, what city I'm from? Um, Portland, Oregon. No, Rochester. You'd think Rochester would be in there, wouldn't it? But it's not. Try again. Watertown. Binghamton. No. no. I'm I'm thinking probably the only one that's big enough would be Buffalo. Schenectady. You you would think both of those would also be in the game. Albany. Wow. Where? Elbridge. Fulton, New York. <laughs> what? Fulton. That's as I close sh- as you can come to our area. Yes, I shit you not. I just, I'm not even sure how the fuck that's a possibility. Did so? Both did you go back years. after you got it and like digitally remove your front teeth? What? Well, no, I didn't. <laughs> it's just it's the, the best I can do. But I'm just I'm blown away that Fulton, New York, is the city that represents this area. Yeah, wow, makes no sense. Yeah, city of the future. So that that's going to be disappointing. Because uh, I in 2K19, my name wasn't in there at all either, so I couldn't. I was hoping they'd fix that, but I mean, Paul might be in there. Show, well, yeah, Showings yeah, Show is there. not going to be there. No. Um, I was I was a little excited when I downloaded a couple of uh, already created characters, and I saw all those names were in there. So I was hoping that when I get to my rise, I can do it. I mean, do you have 2K22? Did you buy it? All right. Yes. So, you, so what have what have you done so far? Uh, I did the tutorial, and I was just goofing off in there. Um, I started into my faction and realized that there, you can't just poke around in there. They force you to start it. So now I have a faction called Geek Pod with AJ Styles and Becky Lynch in it, and whoever else had uh, the New Day. But the the graphics are disgusting in that game. I know. Um, I did play just one quick one-on-one match with, I was the rock and I, uh, wrestled Adam Cole because I went in and downloaded Adam Cole, CM Punk and Danhausen. Yeah. Like immediately. <laughs> um, and I, I was getting the hang of it, but somehow I still lost to Adam Cole. Um, he just all of a sudden just beat the shit out of me. He super kicked me like 17 times. <laughs> <laughs> And they have his finishing move in there. I was surprised. They have his his thing too. It's in there. He was probably supposed to be in the game, and they probably. No, I don't know. But the little bit I've gotten to play, phenomenal game. And how do you feel it stacks up against the previous one? Uh, I like it better, just graphics wise, because it's phenomenal. And I've also already gone into the image uploader and put my face. 
and the GeekPod logos into it. So nice. I'll be all ready for that. Uh, the best part of all this, though, and Kevin already knows this because him and I had a discussion um, with all of my discounts and sales that I was able to take advantage mm. of. I got the equivalent of the deluxe version of the game for a whopping $23. How the fuck did you manage that? Um, sales, um, gift cards, stuff that I already had. Uh, literally, I, I paid at the most, I think, $23. Nice. I bought the the standard version of the game and I used the gift card we got from work for Christmas. So I paid nothing for it. Excuse me. And then I got two $25 gift cards for the PlayStation store and spent a grand total of, I told you this when it was fresh, Kev, make sure I don't get it wrong. I think like, $16 $16 total. So I, I my math is wrong somewhere because I know I ended up paying like $23 somewhere altogether with everything. But you can't beat that. No, no, no. Oh, you know what? I know why my math is wrong because I'm not talking about the other deal I got in it. The other deal was the $24 one. Bought myself Dying Light 2 for uh, the PS4. The first one. No, but it's still, I mean, again, I couldn't, Target was having a 40% off sale, and then I had Target Circle Rewards, so I spent $23 on that game. That's what it was. So I spent like 16 or 18 on WWE and 24 on Dying Light 2. So can't can't complain about that. Not really. And you won't play, play the one of them. I already Not. played. I played WWE tonight on purpose. So... But that wasn't even what I wanted to discuss when we when I wanted to talk about gaming tonight. I, I came across something yesterday. Uh, new game announcement coming. It's Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. Hugh, have you seen this? I saw the, there were articles about it. I didn't bother clicking on them, so I, I don't know anything beyond the fact that it exists. Um, it's basically from the same developer and in the same vein as the Friday the 13th, the game. The four versus one idea. So it's it's actually the same. Like it's gun media. Yes. It, it's ill something or whatever it is. Or illphonic. Yes, illphonic. That's what it is. Yeah, and gun media. Okay. Uh, I didn't write that part down. For all you guys watching, if you're wondering why I keep looking over my show notes are over here. Um exact same vein as that. Um, they did get Dan Aykroyd and Ernie Hudson to come back and do voices for the game it takes place in the same time period as afterlife so they're older ray's running the occult bookstore they bring you in as the new ghostbusters and you can either play as the ghostbusters in a team setting to take out ghosts or you can play as the ghost and have to try and escape the ghost busters um i'm hoping there's more to the story than that I'm hoping that's not all it is, is basically a party game, but it looks good. It looks cool. I'm very interested in, it. I believe it comes out this summer. I didn't catch that, but um, it's just, I, I'm hoping it's a better experience than the one from 2009, where that was a single player game. That seems weird to me with being Ghostbusters and each player, if you're one of the, the Ghostbusters, you get to choose your gear and everything yourself so you can decide like which one is is the guy that's got the traps or the ecto goggles and all the other stuff 
looks really cool. Um, we'll have a link in the show notes to the, the teaser trailer for the game, which is the first thing I saw. And I was like, oh, shit, that looks cool. So uh, I'm just concerned about the developer uh, because, I mean, they kind of I mean, I know there were rights issues going on, but they could have like released they could because the rights issues on Friday the 13th have been settled. You know, now mm. Sean Cunningham has to work with Victor Miller to make his next movie. But the, the court case is done. Uh, they could have released because they made stuff for Friday the 13th that they never released. They, they had oh, really some Jason X stuff. They had the, the, the spaceship Grendel and they had Uber Jason. Um, all done because people were able to actually hack the game on on PC and get Uber Jason and, and use them. So I mean, it, they could have continued supporting the game, it just held it off until after that. But they were basically like, "Ah, eh, you know what, we're done," and walked away. Uh, they also never fixed a ton of problems with it, you know, technical things. And if they're the ones making this Ghostbusters game too, I'm concerned because they're also making one based on uh, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series. Really, uh, basically same idea. It's asymmetrical uh, gameplay, except there's going to be more than just one bad guy because, you know, the, the Sawyer family in those movies, there, there's mm -hmm. several of them. There's Leatherface and the, the other guys. So it, it's going to be a little bit different, but it's still the same idea. It's like they're, they're making the same game now three times. Uh, uh, no, okay. because they did um, Predator as well, Hunting Grounds. Oh, okay. Then four times. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, it, I, I a, don't know. Yeah, it's cookie cutter method. It's, it's yeah, yep. It, it bothers me because they, they make these games and they don't necessarily support them and they're burning really cool properties in the process that nobody can touch for a while. Right. And no, no one's going to make another Friday the 13th game like that. You know, it's just not going to happen. Um, hopefully they'll support these. Uh, and we also have a lot of this stuff. There's one based on evil dead. That's about to come out. I saw that um, too. I was just going to ask you month. about that. Um, diff different developer. I don't know why all these asymmetrical multiplayer games are coming out, but I really think maybe it's because all they have to do is create the, the control schemes and they don't really have to worry about AI. They'll throw a single player mode in there at some point that, you know, is complete bullshit, uh, but they really don't ever have to do that. They only have to code the controls and the graphics. Hmm. I, I was wondering what your thoughts were on the Evil Dead game. It looks great, but hey, I don't have any friends to play with. B, if I did, we probably still wouldn't play games together because I, I'm an adult and I have shit to do. Um, if I can't sit down and have a fun single-player experience with something, I really don't care about it. Right. So that that's what worries me about the Ghostbusters one is I, I want to know if I'm going to be able to play it by myself because, I mean, really, who else am I going to play with? The kids? I yell at them already for, like, the Lego games. <gasps> They're not good gamers. Shame on you. And once they figure out that you can do a women's my rise on WWE, they're both going to be all over it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Avery's not allowed to play 2k 22 anymore. And it was my wife that made that rule because she literally took it over. Like I had like one day I had a, like a few hours set aside that I was going to play and she went, I want to create, I want to create, create. I just sat on the couch, fucking angry as shit. She said, I'll be done. And, and my wife said, you know, you, you, you need to stop in like, you know, 15 minutes, two hours later, she's still going. Wow. Uh, I'm just, I, and it's like, you know, you know, I, I was really angry. I'm like, I wish I hadn't bought this because for the first two weeks I had it, I played like two matches and the rest of the time was Avery messing around and then not saving her character <laughs> and shutting it off. That's even worse. Again. She burns all that time and then, oops, I forgot to save it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> so I, I want to bring something up because I, I have a, a couple couple stories to tell 
Um, I've had some interesting customer service experiences this week that I wanted to bring up to you guys. Uh, and I'm going to try to do it really quickly because I don't want to take up too much time. But so I went, uh, I saw an ad on Facebook for this uh, company called Bravest Brewing. And uh, basically it said they were, they won an award for best non-alcoholic brewery for last year. So I went and I bought a couple. I got a peanut butter dark stout and I have a blood orange IPA, which sounds delicious over here in my cooler trying to drink them up because they're fucking awful. Okay. If you see that ad, do not buy anything from this company. They all have the same weird aftertaste, which is bizarre. Um, I, I can't, it's like mushrooms. It has an aftertaste of mushrooms, but here's the cool part. Their beer sucks, but I'm, I cracked my first one when it got here. I was all excited, threw it in the freezer for an hour, went out to the back or the front porch, cracked it open, took a sip. I'm like, so I write them an email from their website and I'm just like, listen, you guys need to check your, your, your tank. Something's going on. Your beer tastes like mushrooms. It's friggin' awful. Didn't ask for anything. I was just get you know, pissed. Not 10 minutes later, I get an this. email back from them refunding me half of my order. Oh. So their customer service is awesome. Um, so, I mean, if that's all you care about is, you know, a non-alcoholic beer company who gives you great customer service, go for it. And, you know, just keep a puke bucket nearby. Um, the other thing is uh, I had to buy a guitar amp for uh, Ella, on, uh, bought her on Amazon. Her uh, guitar teacher said she needed to get a, an amplifier. So I went on there and I bought, you know, it's a $200 amplifier and had it shipped to her house and everything. Now, here's where it gets weird. We go over there to pick her up tonight. And I go, well, did you get your amplifier? And she's like, no, there was nothing. It wasn't in the box. It wasn't an amplifier. I'm like, well, I look up on Amazon. I see a picture of her grandmother's back porch with the box on the porch. So we go inside and I see that this is clearly the box that's in the picture on here. It's addressed to a Nicole Sukerno. Oh, we lost. Kev, what happened? I uh, lost power. Oh. So he'll uh, come so back when he can. Addressed to a Nicole Sukerno, and inside is a bag of balls, plastic balls, like you would put in a ball pit or something like that. And I'm just, you know, I'm dumbfounded. You know, they delivered the wrong package. So I get on the phone with Amazon uh, this evening while we're heading out to Baldwinsville to drop her off. And they took care of it. You know, they're, they're going to send another amp. It's going to be here on Friday. You know, meanwhile, I'm having visions of Nicole Sircano from, I think, Eastwood or something. And her kids in a kiddie pool, jumping and bouncing in a pool full of guitar amplifier, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't get what she expected. The, uh, the third one is um, after we dropped her off, we decided to go to Longhorn Steakhouse tonight. We were going to celebrate, you know, uh, my wife's promotion and, uh, we get in there, we get sat down, and then nobody comes over to see us for like 15 minutes. Okay, I mean, are they busy? Yeah, but not even, a, you know, what do you want for your drink? Nothing. We're just sitting there. And then this lady who's not dressed like all the other waitresses comes up. It's the, the, the manager, and I think she looked over, she saw us, saw we had no drinks, and realized, oh, my God, they've been sitting there forever. She walks over, profusely apologizes. Uh, says that she's going to make, she's going to take care of us. You know, she'll make up for it. I mean, she, great job, great customer service, blown away by that. Um, but here, here's the, the, the funny part. I mean, we, we get our bill back and I mean, I was, we're celebrating. I ordered the fucking bone on ribeye, right? All three of us had steak. It was under $50. Nice. Charge just for like half of, of we, we got an appetizer and everything, but we're at the end of our meal and I decide I'm going to save 
you know, you know, in a ribeye, there's there's all the the outside stuff that's really fatty and delicious, but it also has all the chewy shit you have to throw out. But mm-hmm. there's the center that's just nice and tender. I decided to save that. I'm gonna make steak and eggs for breakfast or tomorrow, whatever. But she comes over and and the one the one waitress is next to her and she's like, "Do you need her?" She's bringing me my box. That's right. She hands me the box and she goes, uh, looks at me and she's like, "You are full." <laughs> like she couldn't believe that wow. I was full. <laughs> You're full. <laughs> I was so shocked. I couldn't even respond in an appropriate way. I don't know. I mean, considering how well she took care of us, I don't think that she would purposely try to insult me. So it must have <laughs> truly flabbergasted her that much that a man that's my size is not going to finish my plate. Um, blown away by that. But all in all, we had a great experience. That's good. But I just thought it was interesting. I've just had customer service issue after customer service issue the past week. I, I guess I shouldn't buy anything for the next seven days. See if my luck changes. Right. See if it turns around for you. Um, well, this is where we would throw it to Kevin for his, uh, his game review. But uh, we've, we've lost Kevin at the moment. So I think it's a good time to uh, throw it to break and, uh, We'll come back for the news. What do you say? I guess. I mean, we could always check with him and see, uh, you know, before we run right into it and give him a couple minutes to, man, it's not storming or anything, is it? No, he said it's super windy where he is. Oh, he might be out for a while then. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to go with the original plan of throwing it to commercial. All right. <laughs> All right stick that. with us, guys. We'll be right back. Psych. Actually, it's time for Cavs Tabletop Review. I guess I better do this quick before the power goes out again. <laughs> so this one is by special request. Uh, I got a uh, text message and then a, um, a message, I think, in Teams uh, about a game called Buzzed. And it's a card game. And the whole idea is that you get a bunch of 21-plus-year-old uh, adults together and they play card games to get uh, completely obliterated. Now, it doesn't necessarily fit with our entire crew, nor does it fit with all of our listeners. So I'm going to give you uh, another way that you can play this game. So let me just go over the game real quick. You have a, you have a deck of cards, and each one of these cards is a statement or a question, and As a group, sometimes you have to decide if the statement applies to an individual in the group, so you have to vote, or um, as an individual, you have to say the card applies to me. And if it does apply to you, or if you get picked by the group, then you're the person that has to either drink one drink or two or whatever the case may be. So each and every card has something that might say, who is the most likely to show up drunk to their wedding? Or um who uh who has the most cats or who has the biggest feet or uh, you know the questions can be fairly innocuous and they can be very very adult themed um and as i as i watched a video playthrough <laughs> on youtube from a group of people that uh publish under the jovenshire channel 
um, it was four folks, four, four gentlemen and one, uh, one young lady. And I say young because they're younger than I am. Uh, they had a really good time playing this. And you know what? They did not play it with alcoholic beverages. Instead, what they used was some cranberry juice that one of the fellows had found in his refrigerator and forgotten about for a couple of weeks oh, um, from Trader Joe's that had no added sugar. So by the looks on their faces, I'm going to say this stuff tasted pretty interesting. Then when they finished that, the final round they played was a concoction that was made by one of the players' wives out of uh, apple cider vinegar and coconut water. Ugh. Both very, um, you know, very easily uh, taken internally without probably too much harm. But together, it makes me think that you might end the evening with a little bit of internal digestion uh, issues. So, yeah. so different ways to play the game. Uh, all very interesting. All uh, it looks like it's a lot of fun. I uh, found the game on Amazon. And let me just read you a little bit about what it, say, what it says there. The hilarious party game, party game that will get you and your friends tipsy or um, uh, uncomfortable. uncomfortable. The sounds of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Un <laughs> yes. Um, uh, it's about to get personal. Buzz is the party game that gets you and your friends uh, hydrated. Perfect <laughs> for kicking off, spicing up, or leveling up any party kickback or low key night with friends. Uh, how to play? It's simple. Take turns drawing a card from the top of the deck. And actually, you can you can kind of play that up too. They had they had taken the deck and they had spread it out, spread it all so out, so that there was like a small deck in front of each person, and then they were actually shuffling through sometimes. So obviously, that's you know you can you can play that however you want. Uh, when it's your turn, read the card out loud, and either you or the group will drink based on the prompt in the card. Depending on what it is, lather, rinse, repeat until you and your friends have quenched your thirst. It's most fun with three to 20 players so really this is that kind of game that you can play with a lot of people and um I, like i said it, it doesn't really matter if you are uh using alcoholic drinks or something far less tasty um 250 buzzed cards with instructions um brought to you by what do you meme spelled m-e-m-e -E. uh so yeah so it looks looks pretty interesting. Um, I don't know that it's just something that I would seek out myself. Um, it's just a lot of the questions seem like it was designed for a younger set of players. In my mind, I'm not saying that you couldn't you couldn't just play through it and just have a good time with it. Um, but uh, I it, it looks it looks like it would be a lot of fun with the with definitely the, the right with the right group. So that's the that's the that's the pick of the pick of the week. Buzzed nice. the card game, available on Amazon, and it is uh, I could not find it on boardgamegeek.com. Uh, so it's twenty dollars on Amazon, uh, Amazon Prime. It doesn't really say. I'm going to give it a difficulty level of like a you know one to two, um, depending not, on how much you've had to drink. I'm sure the difficulty level will definitely increase as you as you uh, you know drank more. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I got a four out of five or 4.7 out of five star rating on Amazon, 16,848 rating. So eh, I guess there's some people out there that liked it. And there's some video reviews on uh, Amazon also. So very easy to, uh, to figure out whether or not it's something you'd like to try. 
Nice. Yeah. This all came from actually me seeing this game in GameStop. I can't remember which one I was at, but it was actually stocked locally. And I said to Kevin, I was like, you should probably check this one out. So <laughs> That's interesting. The only card game I've ever played with 20 people is Asshole. This is probably very similar. I, I think similar. multiple decks, multiple tables set up in a garage. It was a <laughs> right. blast. They, they usually get to be a mess, just that game in general. So Yeah. All right. So this time... <laughs> We're really going to throw it to commercial and uh, we'll come back for the news. Maybe with Kevin, maybe without, we don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. Stick with us guys. We'll be back. The fourth annual sci-fi horror fest is coming with an all new location, new guests, and all the same fun, charm, and camaraderie that you've come to know and love. Sci-Fi Horror Fest has a new home for 2022 at the Vernon Downs Casino and Hotel in Vernon, New York. Sci-Fi Horror Fest will be held on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities, vendors, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting celebrity guest appearances will be announced soon. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is THE king of comics. Now, before you have to explain to your 10-year-old that there's no such thing as dessert for after breakfast, and she replies, it's like a souvenir for my belly. Here's the news. First up, goodbye to a bad guy. The wrestling world was saddened last week by the passing of Scott Hall, known as the character of Razor Ramon and then himself as part of the Outsiders and NWO factions. He was a gifted and troubled talent that struggled with drugs and alcohol his entire career. It was originally reported that complications from hip surgery caused blood clots to be released, and he suffered three heart attacks. He was removed from life support and stuck around for hours before tapping out. It was later revealed that he had relapsed over the past two years and had been out of touch for a few days before being found on the floor of his home with a broken hip. He'd apparently been unable to reach his phone or move and been there for days. Tributes were made across the wrestling world, and there is no joke here, guys. Just sadness at the passing of another great entertainer. Uh, I don't know about you, but he was my favorite character in uh, WrestleMania, the arcade game. You remember that. I, I love uh, playing as Razor Ramon. Next up, fallback, 
fallout. The U.S. Senate has passed a measure making daylight savings time permanent. This means we would no longer have to turn the clocks back in the fall. Florida Senator Marco Rubio said, if we can get this passed, we don't have to keep doing this stupidity anymore, which is odd considering all the other stupidity he is completely fine with. The measure still needs to pass the House and be sent to the president to be signed into law. I expect there will be a $2 billion four-year study to determine if anyone can make money off the clocks turning back before this moves forward. But hey, we avoided legislation that can actually change lives in a positive way for optics once again. Yay us. It's not like we need to send weapons and aid to Ukraine to stop an invasion or anything. And finally, only God knows why. Fox's very own babyface golem, Tucker Carlson, had the rock, rap, and white trash sensation Kid Rock on a show this past week. Along with looking and acting, acting like a night shift gas station attendant from Plaska, New York, he also seems to know his limits. He revealed while visiting the White House, former President Donald Trump asked for his advice on how to deal with North Korea. Now, if I ever met Kid Rock, I would stick to what he knows and seems you know, qualified for and ask you know, how a back alley coat hanger abortion is done or something. Uh, Kid or uh, do we call him Rock, Mr. Rock, whatever, apparently then told the president that he didn't think he was qualified to answer that question. Now, while I applaud his self-awareness, it clearly does not extend to the rest of his life and career. Otherwise, he would be an overnight attendant at a gas station in Plaskai, New York. But for fucking real, our foreign policy on North Korea could have been ball with the ball, the bang, the bang, diggy, 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 said the boogie, sit up, jump the boogie. This is how close we came to death, folks. I see on message boards conservatives pointing at gas prices and crises and asking liberals why they voted for Joe Biden. Well, for one, he doesn't get policy advice from Ed Sheeran or Weird Al Yankovic. Do you want to charge into a ground war on your riding lawnmower, for fuck's sake? Speaking of Kid Rock, I noticed something today while researching for this particular story. Clean-shaven Kid Rock totally looks like the rebel without a cause ne'er-do-well he tries to be. But the more recent mustached Kid Rock, he looks like an aging porn star who should have retired years ago, but he's the only one with standards low enough to fuck Farrah Abraham on camera for her OnlyFans account. And that's the news, folks. Now, I'm just going to sit here and think about how I'd rather be watching Jackass Forever on Paramount Plus right now. Paul? In other news, this temporary assignment is extending way longer than I expected. When the fuck are you coming back, Corbs? Back to me, I guess. You know what? I'm doing this my way. I'm your host, Paul, and this is Reviews Askew. And uh, boys, we're going to start with the original. Uh, we're going to start off with Clerks. Well, I didn't see that coming. No, not at all. <clears throat> so the synopsis for Clerks uh, is Dante, played by Brian O'Halloran, is called in to cover a shift at his New Jersey convenience store on his day off. Kind of friend- like you having to do the movie review again. His friend Randall, played by Jeff Anderson, helps him pass the time neglecting his video store customers next door to hang out in the quick stop. 
The uneventful day is disrupted by news that one of Dante's ex-girlfriends has died. After attending her memorial service, Dante muses over staying with current girlfriend Veronica, played by Marilyn Gagliotti, or reuniting with ex-Caitlin, Lisa Spoonauer. <clears throat> Clerks was released on October 19th, 1994. The budget was an estimated $27,000, and the movie grossed $3,151,000, uh, roughly. Um, this is clearly my favorite movie. How much did it cost to make? 50 bucks? 27000 Oh, okay. Uh, paid for by maxing out two credit cards and selling Kevin Smith's comic book collection. Um, so th- this is, I've made no bones about this before. This is my favorite movie. I love everything about it. The humor, the characters, everything. I, I credit this film for shaping my sense of humor and turning me into the rude prick that I am today. Um <laughs> I really connected with this movie and the characters in it. Each new installment feels like catching up with old friends. Uh, For me, it's a 10-star film. It's extremely quotable with some of the best being. uh, I only did five this time, guys, because I could go on all day with this movie. Uh, Number five, there's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude. But they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. Number four, people say crazy shit during sex. One time, I called this girl mom. Number three, this job would be great if it wasn't for the fucking customers. Number two, I'm 37. And guys, you want to help me out with number one? Of course. Ready? Yeah. I'm not Not even supposed to be here today. today. Kev, way to be a team player. Good job. I've only seen it once. (laughs) And again, like we discussed last time, I didn't exactly tell you guys that we were doing a sing-along. I didn't Um, even know. I mean, I'm like, I don't even know any of those quotes. I'm like, I saw it one time and I was half drunk. (laughs) I mean, as you should be. Um, Now, I remember seeing this movie probably within four years of when it came out. I was introduced to it by um, a buddy of mine that I used to work with. Can coincidentally enough at a grocery store (laughs) we were grocery store clerks uh my buddy named brad and um he was like you got to see this movie it's just it's perfect and i just sat mystified and it took me quite a while before i realized that there's actually an alternate original ending that they were going to use where dante is the victim of a holdup and he actually gets shot and killed at the end of the movie well that would have made things uh challenging in the future <laughs> right it would have been a little too dark uh exactly for a, for a movie that there's no sense of that movie wah, wah, wah. um for a movie that has nothing like that throughout it yeah and, and kevin smith has even come out and said that he originally ended the movie that way because he quote did not know how to end a movie uh again this was his first time he was working at quick stop um and decided you know he could make a movie and did it and the store he worked at is actually where the whole movie is filmed and that's how they wrote in the plot device about the shutters being stuck closed so they could film at night because he was working there during the day uh he he based uh, the character of dante off of himself and the character of randall off of his best friend brian johnson um I don't know how much more I personally can say about the movie and like keep it relevant. A lot, a lot, I'm sure. I could. And I have on multiple occasions. Uh, but like I said, this is this is kind of hardwired into my 
personality. And I feel like this is Geek Pod episode 37 or something. <laughs> oh, see, we should have done that back then, though. We weren't really planning shit out. Um, so I'm gonna try and keep it short, and I'm gonna go into our good friend Roger Ebert's review of Clerks. He gives it three stars. He reviewed it on November 4th, 1994, and he says, Hardly anybody ever works in the movies, except at jobs like cops, robbers, drug dealers, and space captains. One of the many charms of Kevin Smith's clerks is that it clocks a full day on the job. Its hero, Dante Hicks, is a clerk in the convenience store, and his friend Randall works next door in the video store. Both stores are in a strip mall in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Marginal operations with ill-paid and disenchanted employees. The movie has the attitude of a gas station attendant who tells you to check your own oil. It's grungy and unkept, and Dante and Randall look like they have been nourished from birth on beef jerky and Cheetos. (laughs) I like that. They're tired and bored, underpaid and unlucky in love, and their encounters with customers feel like a series of psychological tests. God, this is a good one. Dante, played by Brian O'Halloran on a perfect note of defensive detachment, has that gift for getting through a bad job by running his private life at the same time. Sorry, ruining his... No, it says running. Sorry. He's 22, a college dropout, dating the talkative Veronica, and is alarmed to read in the paper that his former girlfriend, Caitlin, is engaged to an Asian studies major. Wrong, it's an Asian design major. Meanwhile, his life is going nowhere, and he has had to cancel his hockey game to work on his day off. His day begins at dawn. He sleeps in his clothes closet. Yeah, that's true. He drinks his coffee out of the lid of a cookie jar. When the store's steel shutters won't roll up, he uses shoe polish to write a big sign. I assure you, we're open. He gets in... What the fuck are some of these words? Desultory conversations with customers who are opposed to cigarettes or looking for porno mags or claim the vacant-eyed guy leaning against the building is a heavy metal star from Russia. Olaf metal. Randall next door is working in the kind of video store with a stock so bad that he goes to another store when he wants to run a video. He has customers with questions like, do you have that one with that guy who was in that movie last year? And he discusses deep cinematic questions with Dante, such as when Darth Vader's second Death Star was destroyed, it was still under construction. So doesn't that mean a lot of innocent workers were killed? Many of Dante's customers were very strange. One is obsessed with finding a dozen perfect eggs. Another finds an unprecedented use for the restroom. A guy named Silent Bob, played by Kevin Smith himself, is permanently posted outside the store. He's allegedly a drug dealer, but business seems very bad. Considering that Smith shot the entire movie in and around the convenience store, he shows ingenuity in finding fresh setups. There's a danger that the movie could reduce itself to a series of people standing around talking, but look at the way he handles the conversation between Dante and Veronica, who paints her nails while they talk. Or consider the hockey game, which is finally played on the roof of the store. Clerks, which contains no nudity or violence, was originally classified NC-17 by the MPAA, just on the basis of its language which includes the kind of graphic descriptions of improbable sex acts that guys sometimes indulge in while killing vast amounts of celibate time. One sexual encounter does take place during the movie off screen. And after it becomes clear exactly what happened, we're all pretty much in agreement. I think that off screen is where it belongs. Quentin Tarantino has become famous as a video store clerk who watched all the movies in his store and then went out and directed Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. 
Kevin Smith has done him one better by working behind the counter and then making a movie about the store itself. Within the limitations of his bare-boned production, Smith shows great invention, a natural feel for human comedy, and a knack for writing weird, sometimes brilliant dialogue. Much has been written about Generation X and the films about it. Clerks is so utterly authentic that its heroes have never heard of their generation. When they think of X, it's on the way to the video store. That was a pretty glowing review. Yes. He liked it. He did. I'm surprised, but he did. I do believe in my research for it. Um, that actually showed up on one of his lists of like the best movies of all time. So, so he must have felt it had some sort of artistic qualities to it. Had to, because otherwise he would just trash the shit out of it. Right. He's, um, he's never liked movies just because they were fun to go watch. Right. Um, also, side note that I, I found out while researching okay. for this. Clerks has been added to their preservation in the Library of Congress as of 2019. Wow. All right. I'm going to have to watch it again because I don't think I got it. What you need to do is is wait until this summer and we'll project it onto the the big screen and out back and we'll enjoy it together. But watching you beat off while you're watching it is really not going to make it good for me. I've never beat off to Clerks. Clerks too, yeah, maybe, but not Clerks. No, I just no. I, I needed to see it on my own. You tried that and you didn't get it. I it, it might take me, a, you know, two or three, but I'll I'll get it eventually. Um, maybe. you better. <laughs> well, I, I'm certainly not a fanboy. Um or nearly as much as one of is Paul, but I, I would put it on any list of, you know, best movies I, I, for what it was, for what it represented that generation for how it was done. It's a fucking miracle that y- you can even hit play in the movie plays from start to finish. I mean, on such a small budget, uh, it, it's, it's just one of those things. I mean, I, I think a lot of people look down on Kevin Smith now, in the industry, but they don't realize that what he accomplished there. I mean, he right now does whatever he, whatever he wants to do is what he does for a living. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, that's pretty damn impressive for taking $27,000 and making your first movie. Um, Yeah. And and it had, I mean, it struck a chord with a lot of people and I mean, he, he doesn't need to make movies for the masses anymore. He makes movies for the people who like his movies and makes enough money to keep doing it. Well, did he ever make a movie for the masses? He, he did a couple that he tried. Zach and Miri make a porno. Um, Dogma, was, Dogma was was bigger. It was a really bigger big. movie, but... Yeah. Okay. And I would have to say Dogma is the pinnacle for him. Mm-hmm. I have a special attachment with Clerks, but th- that was the pinnacle. That was a phenomenal he, movie. He also made Tusk, so... I enjoyed Tusk. It was fucked up. But I really enjoyed Tusk. Hmm. The one time I saw it. I don't need to see it again. <laughs> I mean, to this day, every time we see a walrus on TV, I go, hey, look, it's Justin Long. I can't help myself. <laughs> well, uh, we'll slowly let Kevin get there. Yeah. That, and the beauty of that one is that that all came out of a conversation on Smodcast. 
Like it was one of those, they were really baked and they're like, Oh, well, th- wouldn't this be a, a great movie? And they just literally hashed out the whole fucking plot on an episode of a podcast. Then he was like, I'm making that movie. So I, I missed going to see the opening of that one because I was actually at an impractical jokers concert. Good Sorry, for you. You didn't need to be there. No, <laughs> I think it did just fine without me. It was all right. Um, so, so, so what do you think about my little, this is kind of like a backdoor pilot for reviews of skew. I know, I know you guys loved the, the new opening that you haven't seen yet. It was fantastic. Um, I thought it was wonderful. Uh, well thought out, uh, very well timed. Um, and I liked a little ditty at the end. All you need now is to change up the logo to like, you know, you giving Kevin Smith a blowjob cartoons, you know, not actual people, just cartoon you and cartoon Kevin Smith. Hell, Kevin Smith, once you tell him the idea and show him the animation, he'd probably be willing to record a soundbite for it because, you know, he loves shit like that. Do, do the shake weight from, uh, from uh, South Park. The shake weight. You got me. I haven't seen South Park in years. Oh, you got to look up a shake weight, on, shake weight on South Park and, you know, it does the... You know the refreshing finish, and then the 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 cab change at the end. That's fucking awful. It's so um, far. This is true. Um, so that that about wraps it up for me as I lose my my headset again. Um, should we throw this to break and uh, come back and wrap up the show? Sure. Sounds like a plan. All right, let's do this, guys. Stick with us. I'm gonna go change my shirt again. Looking for the hottest new comic on the shelf or a keyback issue to complete your run? How about that rare statue or action figure that you've scoured the internet looking for? Come to Collectibles Galore, located in North Syracuse with ample off-street parking. Collectibles Galore has a huge selection of comics, toys, and rare pop culture items you won't find anywhere else. Comics Galore is always buying comics and toys and will give you the fairest price for your collection. New customers get 15% off their first purchase in-store. Collectibles Galore for all of your pop culture needs. Stop in and see for yourself why Collectibles Galore is the king of comics. Sci-Fi Horror Fest will be held on August 26th and 27th. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is a family-friendly event featuring fun activities, vendors, and a media area with an eclectic group of podcast personalities. Exciting celebrity guest appearances will be announced soon. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to www.sci-fi-horrorfest.com. Sci-Fi Horror Fest is currently looking for volunteers. This is your chance to be a part of the fun. Please note, details of the event are subject to change due to any lasting issues due to COVID-19. Welcome back. All right. So, guys, what you watching? I'm watching Kevin, like, dance and shit. I'm trying to make sure my hat doesn't disappear. Go ahead. Sorry. 
Uh, well, I am uh, watching a couple things right now. Uh, first of all, a uh, new season of Outlander started. Anyone here watch Outlander? Nope. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Great show. Great show. Um, Ronald Moore makes that show, Paul. So while you might hear about Outlander and think, oh, it's based on some romantic girly books or whatever, um, this is yeah. the guy that made like Star Trek Next Generation. This is the guy that made Battlestar fucking Galactica. This is a guy with serious cred. He's making a great fucking show. Nice. Um, is there some romance and sexy time? Yeah, sure. But it's earned through lots of violence and heartbreak and action. And it's just a brilliant show. And the new season is firing on all cylinders, which interestingly enough is showing you that couple that started at the beginning of the show who were all young and in love and fucking like bunnies and the main female actress was naked in every single episode. You don't see much of that anymore because they're in their approaching their fifties, if not in their fifties, they are, they're older. They, they still, you know, get it on once in a while, but it feels like a real aging progression, even nice. though the actors aren't clearly have not aged that much. The characters feel like they really have not just in how they approach each other, but the lessons they've learned and how they approach conflicts in life. And now with their younger generation beneath them, trying to show them the way, I mean, it feels like real growth and real progression. I think Kevin just shook his head a couple of times. I think you agree with me there. Yeah, no, I like it a lot. I like this yeah. very lot. Fantastic show. Um, the uh, other one I started watching uh, is Shining Veil. Now, this is a, a half hour-ish sort of comedy slash supernatural horror show starring Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear. And uh, I don't want to give away too much uh, because there's kind of a, a hook there. But the the description of the show uh, before when it first came out is basically Courtney Cox is a um, a writer who had one hit and is struggling now. Uh, with writing her second book their family moves into a new house and is she crazy or is she being haunted or, or possessed and it seems like it's kind of trying to it sounds like it's it, trying to go for the approach of how you know people always think women are very high strung and emotional and here's someone who's may legitimately be being haunted and everybody thinks she's just losing her shit you know, uh, anyway, it's funny. It's funny as fuck. Uh, compelling. Still early, only a couple episodes in, but it looks like it's going to be a good show. And the last thing I want to bring up is something I am looking forward to. Halo premieres tomorrow on Paramount Plus, and oh. I'm just hoping they didn't fuck it up because, I mean, this is one of the premier video game properties of the mm -hmm. last 20 years, mm -hmm. and jack shit has been done with it in a visual medium. So, I mean, we had books and comic books and stuff, but they this is the first time, you know, getting on film. Uh, could be amazing, could be incredibly disappointing. We're going to have to wait and see, but I can't wait. You're going to have to check that out. Um, advanced um, reviews are very good. I saw good. something about it earlier. That's all. Yeah. And that's what I got. And I'm adding stuff into the list. How about um, you, Kev? Oh, I just, uh, yeah. Uh, we haven't even started the last, uh, the, the most recent uh, season of Highlander. We need to. We really need to in a bad way. Highlander? <laughs> Outlander. Sorry, Outlander. Actually, it might as well be. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not. I mean, it's not even close. Um, the fact that they might be from the same country is about the only, the countryside yeah. is about the only similarity it's really good though paul i gotta tell you you know um funny thing is kathy was planning a, a trip to uh europe 
uh, for her birthday uh, when nice. COVID when COVID happened, you know, in twenty, and uh, so it didn't happen. And one of the things we wanted to do is we wanted to go to Scotland, and she wanted to go see the uh, there's a there's a place um, that the Outlanders kind of about uh, time travel, so a little yeah. bit of sci-fi. And uh, there's a place where these these stones are, and she wanted to go see it. And so hopefully cool. we'll get a chance to do that uh, at some point. But no, it's it's really good. Um, no, I'll, I just wanted to mention that um, we had watched a movie uh, not too long ago, uh, Inventing Anna. Story I didn't know anything about. Um, never heard about it. If I ever saw anything about, about this Anna Delvey in, um, in the news, I couldn't tell you if I remembered or not. But very, very good. And the reason it's so good, um, part of the reason is the is the main actress in the in the story, the woman that plays Anna Delvey. Um, uh, and that is, and of course I didn't open it back up. It's uh, she's the same, she's the same actress that plays in um, the the female, one of the female leads in um, uh, ha, um, Ozarks. So uh, another show that we've watched, we watched the current season of it. And um, Julia Garner. Yeah, yeah, Julia Garner, yep. Uh, she's fantastic. She's one of those, and we've talked about this before, there are actors, actresses that are always themselves in every movie or mm-hmm. show that they're in. She is not one of them. She has this chameleon ability to be someone different. I expected nice. to go into this movie and see her character from Ozarks. Everything anyone has said about how good she is in this movie is absolutely true. Absolutely. Hands down. The most fun part of the movie for me is when she um, she actually had a scene with who was the guy that was responsible for Firefest? Remember that fiasco where they brought in all the social media people on the island and it just was a shit show. I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, it was a it was a it was a thing a while back. There's two different movies made about it. One on Netflix and there's one that's on, you can find on YouTube. Um, and it was just an absolute shit show. Um, I keep wanting to say it's Seth MacFarlane. It's not that's not the guy. This other guy who's a, he's just in social media and whatever, he's he he really he really got his ass handed to him. Um, because of how much he lied but there's a scene where she is in the same apartment or house or whatever with him and he's talking about this going you know creating this thing making this thing and how big it's going to be and she's just like nah i'm not going to that I, that does, that's not for me and i'm just like i know what they're talking about finally something in this movie that i can understand and it was just it was funny it was uh it was um it's it's all about people that are trying to be somebody they're not. That's what it really is. And she she just about got away. We get an awful lot of me, awful lot of money out of people just for convincing them that she was somebody she's not. And she's still in jail for it. Still won't admit that um, she lied through this whole thing. And um, it's it's pretty interesting. They had to tell the story from the point of view of the reporter that did the story because she herself would not give them permission or any kind of insight into what she did and why she did it. Wow. So it's from that side of the story, from the reporter's side. So it's very, it's very interesting. Um, I've definitely seen more good reviews, more 
people talking about it in a more of a positive way than bad. There's some there's some negative stuff out there about the the viewpoint and and uh, the woman the the reporter's point of view and, and I don't know I I discount it all after I've seen it. Very very good though. I thought I'd actually talked about it on the show before, but I asked Paul and he said neither one of you guys heard about. It. Okay, so it's it's probably not anything that might be in your wheelhouse for either one of you guys, but. It, it's good enough i would say i would say definitely check it out but other it sounds that, cool other than that just watching uh you know walking dead and um still still burning through longmire where we're we're having a really good time with that series it's it's really good <laughs> i mean I, I think i said it before if you if you watched um uh, the kevin coster show the the movie the show that he's doing um Yellowstone. Yellowstone. If you watched Yellowstone, or if you know anything about Yellowstone, Yellowstone is about cowboys getting away with murder. Longmire is about the cop in Wyoming that figures out what cowboy did what murder. I mean, it's the <laughs> other side of the story, and it came before Yellowstone. It's really good. It's fantastic. And the and the uh, and I mean, it's got Katie Sackhoff in it. How can you go wrong? Nice. I want to go back to Walking Dead for a minute because that's about one of the only things I'm watching right now. Um, I made the comment while we were watching the episode Sunday. I literally I turned and looked at Kristen and said, how is this so good? And Fear the Walking Dead is so bad. <laughs> like, Because yeah. I finally caught up to that. I, I finally slagged through all of that and caught up. And we're, we're up to date on this. And it's really good. And, and I was super excited with this episode, which you guys probably watched a week ago, that Michael Bean was in it. I saw the name come across, and I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And, boy, they made short work of him, huh? Yeah, he didn't last very long. That was a that was a cool twist. They do that, with, though. With the CIA guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They do that. Because they, they did it with um, the T-1000 there, too. Robert they, Patrick. Thank you. Yeah. They've that was a great it. episode too. Yep. They've done it several times. Before that, the guy that Rick ripped his throat out with his teeth there, that guy. He was a phenomenal actor. Remember that way back when? Um the yeah, no, you don't remember. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> I remember Nodding. it from the show and the comics. So right. um Speaking of, do you, any insights on where we're headed with this, Hugh? Because you've read all the comics. Do you? I, you said a few weeks back that uh, you were afraid that they were slotting Daryl into Rick's role. Do well, you still feel that way? Either, either they're running um, a scam here, and you know, I, I do wonder if the the shows they've announced are red herrings, and they're actually planning on killing off everybody. But I mean, they'd <gasps> lose all. They would lose all credibility. Uh, if they did that, I mean, people would just hate them. Um, one thing I am noticing is there is the possibility that they are slotting Aaron into the Rick role. Um, that actually Rick does Roll. seem. <laughs> I, 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 from what I'm seeing now, I think that's what's happening. And okay. you know what? I like Aaron, but I wouldn't be upset if he went down that road because, you know, it, it is still a hero's ending. Now, I don't know that, you know, in 10 years, they'd be writing storybooks about Aaron. I mean, but right. uh, you know, it, it, it's going to lose some impact because the reason that the Rick's death works so well 
is because he had done so much. He was a legendary picture right. person. Um, Aaron is close to that, but I mean, he came in late in the game. So I don't know. I mean, I guess you can still make it work. Uh, other than that, I mean, yeah, I mean, it does seem like they are heading to the comic book ending. Okay. Um, if Rick is really coming back, because, you know, people have said Andrew Lincoln was seen, you know, in Georgia uh, while they were filming the, the last episode, uh, you know, having dinner with, with some of the, the cast. And it kind of makes sense that, you know, he'd come back for the final episode. I just don't know where he fits into it. I don't know how that works with the movies. Are the movies going to be now prequels to the, the finale? Are they somehow going to be after? How do you even get him there and fit him in with the story? And would they bring him back just to give him his comic book ending? That would fucking piss me off. Right. And I'd have no interest in watching the movies at that point. I I never thought about the whole red herring thing. I Kirkman would do that. Well, well Kirkman's not in charge, though. I know. Yeah. You know, it's it's Scott. What, what's his what Gimple. 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 Here's the thing. Gimple would do that because he's a dick. But he has done that, and they got burned really bad and lost over half their viewership. So I would have to think, since AMC wants to continue milking this, if you mm-hmm. want to keep making more series and have us keep watching, you, you can't do that. I mean, because you're, you're going to lose what's left. Right. There is potential here for them to go off and make another 10 years of spinoff shows and come back for one final, final season of The Walking Dead, showing how everything is 10 years later or a special or whatever. You're saying that that would be kind of cool that this tree grew, all these other shows come out of it, and then it comes back full circle, and then you finally end the whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. They could do that, and it'll make them a shit ton of money, but you can't afford to piss off your viewers like that again. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I think they've lost so much viewership, and I just don't think it matters anymore. I got, I got a feeling they're going to end it, and they're going to go to a different route. Yeah, but you know, here's the thing: if they really had, and assuming that the spinoff shows are real, they can't be losing enough viewers to be affecting that because they've got all these spinoffs in the air. Plus, remember, people are watching it on AMC Plus. That does not go into the ratings. We have no right. idea how many, how much money they're making off that. I mean, well, just I, look at yeah. If they're if they're seeing viewership there and they're seeing the numbers they want to see, I could see. Okay, yeah. Well, and still, the the sad fact is, the show was so wildly popular that they can bleed off that portion of the audience, and it's still like one of the most successful shows, like on. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Absolutely. I mean, in in a world where two to three million viewers is considered a success. They started at 20 million. I mean, they're less than half that now, uh, but that's still really fucking healthy. Right. And they're pulling in healthy, healthy ratings before that you count whatever number of viewers they have. All the streaming is. Got it. Yeah. No. Okay. So yeah, I see your point. I see your point. Which both of you are right. You're AMC plus guys. Yeah. Yeah. So you're an episode ahead of me already. Yeah. Oh, and it's good. It is. It's really good. And I mean, I, I just, I, I, I'm with you, Paul. It's really good. And it just sucks that, you know, fear went from, you know, being mediocre to being fantastic. And now it's just like, I just don't fucking care about it. No, it's did, did you garbage now. Did you see the preview for the second half of the season came out? No. Uh, well, Mad- Madison's back. They, they said she was coming back. 
Yeah, but I mean, you, you never can trust anything. She's in the trailer. Clearly, her it's it, there's no like just shadow view. Whatever. She's there. She speaks. She's coming back. I don't know if that can save it. But. It, it might be too little because too late. She sucked. She was one of the reasons why the beginning of that fucking show sucked. I don't agree. I thought she was great. No, she was so mediocre, just so wishy washy. It's just she didn't have a strong presence. Wow, I would argue that she was the strong presence. Yeah, I, I feel differently. I felt like she was the overbearing character in that. Compared to the rest, you're right. And she still sucked. That's why the beginning of the show was horrible. I See, hated I mean, it. I couldn't See, get behind any of the characters in the first season. I I loved it. I mean, I liked it when it got really good. I, I mm-hmm. agree that it the quality went way up, but I still like those early seasons because they showed us the apocalypse from not just a different point of view, but different geographic views. When they're yes. going on the boat from California yeah. down to Mexico and you see the coast all on fire, I'm like, this is shit we haven't gotten to see. That was exciting for a little while. And then they moved, then they started moving from desert looking place to desert looking place and yeah. saying it was a different place and it was all the same. No, I'm with you. And that's why I liked it. And that's why I stayed with it is because it was a different point of view and it was a whole different subset of people. And it was, you know, it was, it, it, they gave us, they gave us a picture of how people were in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, and Which we is what that was before. supposed to be. Right. We never had that before. It was not in the comic books. As I understand it, the comic book started about the way it did with the walking yep. dead where yep. Rick wakes up and he's, and we're already into it. However far yep. they were into it. Um, so, so it, it, I, I thought it was great. And I, and I, um, in those early days, there was a, uh, it wasn't a podcast. It was just, well, I guess they were. There's a couple of people that were, that were pretty active about it. And I, and I chatted back and forth with them quite a bit. They couldn't stand the beginning of fear. And I went through a whole list of reasons why I thought it, it worked and why. And we went on and had a conversation about it for, I don't know, a couple different shows. We would talk about it. It was through Twitter and um, just um, was an audio thing. I don't know if it ever got recorded or not, um, but uh, it, I, I, I defended it then. I still don't believe that any of the characters in the very beginning were worth getting behind. It wasn't until, you know, it wasn't until we got into, and, and, and this, is the, this is the turning point for me, it was when Al came in. She was the very first comic book-like character to show up because she was bigger than life. She was not realistic, you know, and it was fantastic because I just, first of all, I love, I love the actress. I just, you know, I, I thought it was a great twist for her going from, you know, poor little teenager to this, you know, badass driving a freaking tank. Um, and just, it turned, it turned a corner. I mean, and now I just want it to just go away. Well, for a show that has frequently reinvented itself, it may turn around. I hope so. I hope so. Because, I mean, it it was. Up until they did the whole thing with dropping the bomb, it was fucking great. Yeah, I hope you're right. But this whole season has been fucked up. So, so, yeah. Uh, Yeah, the only other thing I'm watching is where we're catching up on uh, DC's Legends of Tomorrow. And it's, yeah, I'm kind of begrudgingly catching up on it because that's another one that just got really bad after getting really good yes at one point being the best of the dc uh 
CW uh, shows. Um, now it's definitely, well, I don't know. That and Batwoman are a toss up. Mm-hmm. Can't stand Batwoman either, but we still we're caught up and we're watching it. And the, the sad part with the, with Batwoman was, is the, my favorite character on that was new Joker. Like the, <laughs> the brother who you're supposed to hate. Like I liked yeah. him a lot, but, <clears throat> but legends, I, I'm, I'm waiting for them to get back to the present to see if it takes a turn because this whole being stuck in the 1920s and yeah. on, I was just like, that should have been a one-off thing and we should have been moving on from there. And it literally turned into a whole subset of the season. Yeah. Well, it's the whole season. So. Yeah. And what the fuck? Where's McRory? We need him back. But wasn't he either doing something else or there was a contract dispute? I, you know, nobody really knows for sure. He said some nasty stuff on Twitter and then walked it back. And apparently he's welcome to come back, but I, I don't know. And I, and I don't know that we, the public knows yeah. what really happened. All right. Um, but that that's basically all I've got. I mean, doing this cheer nights two to three times a week kind of keeps me from watching anything other than pro wrestling and and walking dead so i hear you so uh we got anything else oh how how can i not at least mention we have one week to go one week until moon knight debuts Oh, Oh, oh yeah um i know they've been releasing teasers like every other day and i'm avoiding all of them like mm-hmm. I watched the the one trailer and then now I've been avoiding everything else because I don't want it ruined for me. I know it's only six episodes. I know each episode is pretty close to an hour long. And it's also getting really good advanced re- um, word. That is great to hear. So, and the director has said uh, to expect Moon Knight to stick around the MCU for about 10 years. Oh, so nice. I'm excited about that. Next week, um, this section will probably be kind of long. So, yeah. So I'm gonna uh, take a backseat to it this week because I'm I'm gonna have a lot to say, and it's it's probably gonna be even worse than me talking about a Kevin Smith movie. So I don't think that's possible, but you know we'll see. <laughs> so, do you guys got anything else, or should I just uh, drop these wisdom nuggets and get us out of here early? Uh, actually, I just want to uh, thank our new, our fourth listener, Tate Morton, for uh, listening to the show. And uh, hey, guys, you know I should have mentioned this at the top when uh, I first brought him up, but uh, Tate is in a band called Mad Herd. That's heard like I heard something, so Mad Herd. And uh, you can check them out on Facebook. Uh, also, on uh, they're going to be playing at the Wood in Baldwinsville on April second. It's part of a battle of the bands to support. Uh, I don't know what the cause is. I pull, oh, it's veterans. That's what it is. I pulled it up and didn't even look to see what the cause is. So uh, if you're interested, you can check them out on Facebook, Spotify, and uh, maybe go see the show. Uh, and uh, again, thanks, Tate, for uh, listening. And tell your brother I said hi. <laughs> this is the best I also, his brother was also the bassist in a band that was in. So it's nice. a whole family thing. It's a, yeah, it's a family thing. <clears throat> All right, Kev, do you, do you have any, any shout outs you want to end the show with or? Just want to say thanks to Tate the Snake. <laughs> oh, fuck me. <laughs> Look what you've done. <laughs> All right. So let's wrap this thing up. <clears throat> Drop your nuggets.
I will as soon as I can breathe again. <clears throat> Don't bother walking a mile in my shoes. That'd be boring. Spend 30 seconds in my head. That'll freak you right the fuck out. On that note, good night, everybody, and mega baby bitches. This has been a Geek Pod Network production. production.